and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody good today? Hey, everybody good today? All right, hey, our ushers are going to come this morning and give you an opportunity to give today. Uh, We want to thank you in advance for your giving, your faithfulness. Your giving is making a major difference in our city, in our church, across the nation, across the globe. Your giving is doing incredible, amazing things. And so I just want to thank you in advance for your faithfulness in giving and uh, encourage you to give today, your tithe, your offering, however that is. You can also give online. Those that are watching online, there's multiple ways you can give. And so we just encourage you to continue to be faithful to the kingdom of God. I promise when we're faithful, he's faithful beyond anything we could ask or imagine back to us. And so I just want to encourage you, be faithful in your giving today. I want to bless this offering, and then we're going to dive right into the word. Heavenly Father, thank you in advance for those that give, those that um, allow you to give through them, God. I pray that you bless it, bless their families, bless the kingdom of God. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Hey, you guys can serve today um, that offering. Hey, during worship today, I'm going to dive into the message here in just a moment, but I was getting a picture as we were worshiping today, and the picture I saw, Tasha and I, this past July, we were in Yellowstone. I don't know if you've ever been to Yellowstone, but if you drive through Yellowstone, you'll find multiple bubbling pools, um, and they just bubble, and they're volcanic activity And then there's this place called Old Faithful that you just know that about every 90 minutes or so, it's going to explode. And as we were in worship today, I just felt like the Lord was showing me this picture of Destiny Church and just that we are just, the word I heard was like percolating, bubbling, or getting ready to explode. I believe that with everything in me. I don't, that's not just something I just say. That was literally a picture that I just kept seeing over and over again. I just saw it. And as our worship, and it was like the Lord is like, just keep staying faithful. Keep your hand at the plow. And something incredible and amazing is coming. I want to welcome those watching online. I want to welcome everyone in the room. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah um, chapter 43. And I believe that I have a word for us from the Lord for today. Um, I just feel like the Lord is doing something special. And I'll speak to you today, multiple places in scripture, but I want to start it off with Isaiah 43, pick it up in verse 18. It says, but forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a way through the wilderness. I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. I'm 45 years old. I'll be 46 in just a couple of months. I've seen a lot in my life. I've seen a lot in church. I've seen good. I've seen bad. I've seen the ugly. I've seen all of it. I've experienced it. But as I was just kind of meditating on this sermon this week, it felt like the Lord was like, Chad, tell your 45-year-old self, 
tell those sitting in the room, those watching online, God is doing something fresh. God is doing something new. And I want to ask you today, can you see it? Do you, do you feel it? Can you feel it percolating? Can you feel it bubbling? Can you feel it boiling? As I said, I'm 45 years old. I've been in church for 45 years. I've been in church since the day I was born. Not only have I been in church my entire life, I was born and raised in a pastor's home. I was born and raised in a church and in a denomination that has always valued the presence of God. And one of the things I heard in my family, one of the things I heard in church, one of the things I heard in church camp, one of the things I heard, even I've even heard it even as an adult here at Destiny Church, but I've heard this phrase many times, revival is coming. And when I say revival is coming, I'm not talking about when we were kids, they would call a guest speaker in to come and preach at your church, and they would have three or four days of service. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something much deeper than three or four services. Behind the concept of the word revival is the Hebrew word, which is haya, and it means to live. In the Strong's Concordance, the word haya is translated as to make alive, to nourish up, to preserve, to repair, to restore, to keep alive, and to make whole. When I talk about this phrase, revival, I'm, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the church, us, the people. I'm talking about us being made alive. I'm talking about us being repaired, restored, made whole. I'm talking about us, the people, being revived. The word revived is from the Latin and it is interpreted to mean to live again. To receive again a life which was almost expired. To rekindle into a flame a spark that was nearly extinguished. To me, this word revival, this word awakening, whatever you want to call it, is the church being revived. It's the church being awakened. It's the church. It's having a hunger and a passion for God rekindled deep inside of us. It's the church being made whole. Not so that you and I can feel good, not so that you and I can have goosebumps and tingles, but so that you and I, our hearts and our lives might be made alive so that we can touch and change others. Because here's what I want to tell you. It's what we've been trying to communicate through this entire Life of Christ series. Christianity is not simply about you and me. It's about us. It's about others. Revival's not so the church can say, look at our good services. Revival, awakening, the church being made alive is so that the world can know that Jesus is alive. Anyway, back to this idea of revival is coming. I've, I've heard it most of my life. And I'll admit I've seen pockets of revival. I've been a part of them. I believe we're even experiencing revival in the world today. Revival, at least that's a word it's been called or is still being called to this day. And I, I know in this room, in this church, watching online, there are several ideas and opinions of this word revival. People have different opinions. And I'm not here to debate 
Is this revival? Is it not revival? That's not for me to determine. But I do know that as of right now, April 25th, 2021 at Destiny Church, something is happening. Something fresh, something new, something powerful. Lives are being changed. People are being saved. People are being healed. In the last four or five weeks, we've had somebody healed in every single service. Just before church today, I had somebody walk up to me and say, I don't know if you know, but they said, when you had us stand up a couple of weeks for healing, they said, my back was healed and I have not had to take medication since you prayed for that. So I just want to say whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to label it, it's happening. It's coming. But I want to draw a line. I want to draw a distinction between what we're currently experiencing and the fullness of what is to come. Because I believe that we are not yet experiencing the fullness of what God wants to do. I believe it's just percolating right now. I believe it's just bubbling to see, are they going to stay hot after me? Or are they going to be content with something that percolates? Because you see, I believe that's what's been the picture of the church in the past, is we've been content with something that percolates and something that boils, and we call it revival, and we call it amazing, and it fizzles out. And I'm just telling you as your pastor, I don't want, I'm not content with just something that percolates. I want the fullness of who God is. I want the fullness of his presence. And I am convinced that before Jesus returns to establish his kingdom, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I am convinced that before Jesus returns to establish his kingdom on earth, here's what I believe. I believe we will experience the most potent, compelling, overwhelming manifestation of the power and presence of God that we have ever seen or ever dreamed of. I believe that we will, as a church, begin to experience physical healings, that parallel what was recorded in the book of Acts. I believe that we will see miraculous signs and wonders, and those miraculous signs and wonders will point directly to Jesus. I believe with everything in me that we will see mass repentance, mass salvations. I believe that in the near future, we are going to see prodigal sons and daughters returning home. I believe in the near future, we are going to see marriages that were lost and broken restored. I believe in the not so distant future, we are going to see hope renewed. I believe in the not so distant future. We are going to see Destiny Church not percolating, but Destiny Church as a volcano that is exploding for the power and the presence of God. I believe this. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is going to outpour his presence on this house with everything I have inside of me. And what I want to do today with this message is I want to stir your hearts for this. I want to rekindle some flames that have died. I want to ignite some passion that have never been lit because I believe that God is getting ready to move and God is getting ready to pour out his presence on this house, but we can't be content. It can't be business as usual. We can't come in and do the same thing. We can't live Monday through Saturday the same way we've been living. If we're going to see God move, if we're going to see healings, if we're going to see salvations, if we're going to see the overwhelming, miraculous presence of God in this room, it's not a Sunday one hour thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a daily thing. And my hope and my desire today is to rekindle that flame. I believe this. 
And so I have a word that I believe the Lord put in my heart, and I want to share that with you. But before I do, I, I pray every week before I communicate, but I want, to, I want to pray very specifically for this message. Let's pray. Father, I ask that in these next few moments, you direct my words. If I've ever had something that I just know is just sitting in my gut from you for this house, this is it. And God, I don't want to miss it. And so would you give us ears to hear this word and would we respond, Lord? Anoint my words, anoint my lips, anoint this time in the altars. In your name we pray, everybody said, amen. On Thursday, April 15th, I had a dream. Um, I'm not one that, I have dreams. I have weird dreams. Does everybody else have weird dreams? I have dreams that you wake up and you're like, I know I had a weird dream last night, but I don't remember it. I don't, I don't typically remember my dreams. Um, but on Thursday, April 15th, I had a dream that was from the Lord and I remembered it. In that dream, I was preaching here at Destiny Church. And at the end of the service, I said, everybody that wants to be baptized, um, that has signed up to be baptized, go ahead and make your way to the front. And about eight to 10 people came forward. The room was packed. It wasn't, in, it wasn't this building. It was a different building. But the room was packed. People of all races and creeds and colors and about eight to 10 people came to the front to be baptized. And the baptismal tank was on this side of the stage on the floor. And they came and they sat around it. And I remember in that dream, I said, hey, one of the things we love to do at Destiny Church is if you're here today and you've experienced the Lord recently and you have not signed up for baptism, or if you found the Lord today and you would like to be baptized, we're prepared for you. And I said, if you want to be baptized and you're not signed up, come up today. And that day, over a hundred people stood up in the room. And I remember the first person I saw was a man with really long hair and he stood up and I saw young adults and I saw blacks and I saw whites and I saw Hispanics and I saw, I saw people of all colors. I saw young adults. I saw old people. I saw kids. I saw them all stand and and run to the front. And I, in my dream, I was so excited because it was like the harvest, the harvest, the harvest. And I could see that it was happening. And then I remember in my dream, I started to panic because I remember saying we're ready for them. But I remember thinking we only have like 20 or 30 extra shirts and shorts and towels. And I remember I looked at the staff and I said, run to Walmart, buy every pair of shorts you can, buy every shirt, buy every towel because we want to be ready. And it's at that point I woke up from my dream. And I woke up and I remember I was extremely excited. But I was also challenged. Because it was like the Lord spoke two things to me. He said, Chad, that's what is to come. And that's the harvest. And he said, I'm sending it. And he said, it'll be more than you've ever dreamed. But you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not prepared. And it wasn't like the Lord was angry in my dream. He wasn't angry at me when I woke up. There was not, it wasn't, it wasn't like 
condemnation or judgment from the Lord. It was none of those things. It was literally just like, I want you to get ready. I'm giving you grace to get ready. And the Lord starts speaking to me things. He starts saying, it's time to shore up. It's time to make ready. It's time to prepare your nets. It's time to awaken Destiny Church. And I feel like today the Lord is telling me it's time for Destiny Church to prepare for a move of God. It's time for Destiny Church to shore up and to make ready. And what I want to do today is I want to give you four areas that I feel very specifically And these areas are broad, and when I say broad, it means that there's a lot of depth that could be added to these, but there's four very specific areas I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart that Destiny Church must shore up or make ready for a move of God. And number one is our focus. Our focus. I think we can all agree that the church, and again, when I say the church, I'm not speaking of the entity or the organization called Destiny Church, though I am talking to that but I'm talking to us, the people. I think we can all agree that we, the church, have lost sight of what really matters. As I scroll through my newsfeed, or as I just live life and hear conversations and watch people live their lives, I'm reminded just how much we've lost sight of what really matters. And please hear me as I speak this message today. There is no judgment. There is no condemnation. There is none of that today, but this is a straightforward message from God. And I hope it stirs your heart. But what I feel like the Lord has told me is it's going to stir some hearts and it's going to turn some off. And I believe there is a separation that is happening. Sadly. And I believe two churches are being formed in the world today. There's a church that's going to focus and there's a church that's going to do business as usual. And we're no longer in that camp. We left that camp behind. But as I scroll through my newsfeed, as I see people live life, I'm I'm reminded just how much we've lost sight of what really matters. Now, if you go into the world, into just America, we are obsessed with politics. We are obsessed with opinions. We are obsessed with fears. We are obsessed with our kids' sporting events. We are obsessed with our hobbies. Let me just tell you, mom and dad, some of you have made your hobbies and your kids' sporting events your God. No, we haven't. We still come to church. No, you've made it your God. We've become obsessed with taking pictures of the latest outfit we bought and posting it on social media. Another one that just baffles me is we now like to take selfies of ourselves in front of a mirror. Why? Why? (laughs) And we like to pose. And it's like, do you just want... It's comical, but I think we're obsessed with people telling us we look good. I think we we need affirmation by people. So we stand in front of mirrors and we've made ourselves the focus. Hello? We, We are obsessed with our latest project, our latest complaint, our latest enemy, and the list could go on and on and on. Please hear me, I'm not saying that you should never post about your kids' sports. I'm not saying any of those kind of things, but I think we could all agree. And what I'm experiencing is, is, is I think we are spending our lives focused on the wrong things. 
I think we have pledged our allegiance to the wrong things, to the wrong people, and to the wrong places, and to the wrong opinions. I think we have lost sight, and we have lost focus of what really matters. And if I came to this room and said, what do you think? I think we would all, if we honestly answered a big fat yes, we would have to say, yes, we've lost focus. We're consumed with other things now. Revelation chapter two, verse four through five tells us, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love for God you had at the beginning. Think about how far you've fallen, repent, and do the works of love you did at first. We have abandoned the passionate love for Jesus we once had. We have lost focus. And again, please hear me. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not condemning. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring shame. I'm not judging. I'm not doing any of that because I have been convicted of this for several months and I have spent several months in repentance and in prayer and on my knees as I've said, God, forgive me of losing focus. Even as a pastor, even as a man of God, I've repented. I've lost focus. I've lost track of what the main thing is, but I'm I'm telling you today with a fresh fire burning inside of me and a hunger and a desire for God like never before. I'm telling you, Destiny Church, it's time to refocus. It's time to put our eyes on Jesus. It's time to make the main thing the main thing. It's time to get back to basics and leave everything else behind. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus speaking to this, he says, but seek First, the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. Another translation that's on the screen that says, but above it all, above everything else, put God first. What does that mean? Above all, it means above everything else. Make Jesus Christ number one in your life. He's not to be just another priority that we put on our list and we somehow act like he's number one. Listen to me. God is not a priority that you put on an earthly list. He stands above earthly priorities. He stands above it all. He's not to be second. He's not to be on the list with my hobbies. He's not to be on the list with my sports or my desires desires or my wants or my wishes above it all he is king jesus he is my everything and that's where we're to give our love and our affection <laughs> everything else in life should pale in comparison to him Steve had no idea what I was talking about today. And that's, that was the ministry moment is what you're talking about. The Lord wants to move here at destiny church. And I believe the Lord is going to move in a powerful way. But we have to change what we focus on. He can't be number two, number three, number five, number 10, or not even on our radar. He has to be number one in our lives. And there can't even be a close second. Let me ask you today. On what? Or on whom? Or where is your focus? If Jesus is not number one in your life, then it's time to repent. Let me say it again. If Jesus is not number one in your life, then it's time to repent. Say it again. If Jesus is not number one in your life, then it's time to repent. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, I believe Jesus is speaking directly to this idea of making Jesus number one in our lives. 
And I, I want you to catch this verse, Luke 6, 46. Jesus is talking here. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? Why do you keep saying I'm number one? You go to church. You look good on Sundays. You act like you have it all together. Why do you keep saying I'm Lord? Why do you keep calling me Savior? Why do you keep calling me Master? Why do you keep calling me all of that? Why do you keep saying you're all in? Why do you keep saying I'm number one? But he says, but you don't act like it. Let's look at it. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? You've lost focus. If Jesus is not number one in your life, it's time to repent. I hear the Lord saying, get off the fence, quit straddling the line. It's time to repent. It's time to change focus. Charles Finney said that revival is nothing more than a new beginning of obedience to God. And that's what I'm calling us to. A new level of obedience to God. A new beginning. So number one, what are you looking at? What are you focused on? If Jesus is not your number one focus, if he's not everything, if there's anything that's even a close second, I'm just telling you it's time to repent. Number two, the second thing I feel like the Lord is telling me to shore up in order to prepare our church for the harvest of souls that are coming our way is we have to shore up our prayer time. Prayer has to become a priority. Matthew 21 verse 13 says this, my house will be called a house of prayer but you're turning it into a gathering place for thieves. Mm. Ian Bounds said, all true revivals have been born out of prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, one of the greatest revival scriptures on prayer of all time says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, everybody say that word, pray. pray. Search for me and turn from their evil ways and I will hear their he will hear our what? Prayer. He will hear our what? Prayer. Come on, say it again. He'll hear our what? Prayer. And then, and then, he will forgive our sins and heal our land. When we pray, God moves. When we pray, he moves in. Prayer. If we're going to see God move, we have to pray. And I'll tell you, as a staff and as a leadership, we are praying more this year than ever before as a church. We are taking this to heart and we are leading well in the areas of prayer and we are praying and we have pockets of prayer. And I'm just telling you, if God is going to move in your family, it's going to be because you prayed. If God is going to move in this church, it's going to be because we prayed and, and, and we're doing this. And I'm just telling you both scripture and church history give testimony to this truth that prayer always precedes revival. Prayer always precedes revival. And today I'm challenging Destiny Church and I want to do something right here. I'm challenging us. Our staff, we pray every Tuesday. Uh, and I meet with another group of men for a Bible study and a little bit of prayer on Wednesdays. And I meet with another group of men on Thursdays. And we pray. And we don't just pray weak prayers. We pray. And I believe that God is challenging Destiny Church to start pockets of prayer. 
we'll, we'll have mass gatherings of prayer and we'll do those. But right now I feel like the Lord is saying he needs some men and some women who will dedicate to prayer in your home and with other groups of men and women. Men gathering with groups of two, three, four, five men. Ladies gathering with groups, two, three, four women. Once a week, twice a week, every day of the week. I don't care. I just feel like the Lord is saying it's time and I want to put you on the spot, okay? And I don't want you to stand just because I'm asking you to. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Chad, I want to be a part of one of these pockets of prayer. But Doug's in my prayer group Thursday. We've made a commitment. Pastor Steve's in that group, Pastor Elliot, and a couple others. And we pray and we've said, no matter what, if I'm out of town, you guys are meeting. Why? Because every Thursday matters. Every Thursday matters. So these aren't things that I'm, I'm saying, hey, will you start and then stop? No, we got to keep our hand of the plow and don't look back. Keep your hand of the plow and don't look back. Stay faithful. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Chad, I want to be, be in a prayer pocket. I want to be in one of those groups I'll, and I'll do my part and I'll stay faithful. And, you, and you'll get with a group of men or women throughout the week sometime. Maybe it's of a morning before you go to work or maybe it's of an evening. But if you say, I want to be a part of one of those groups, I want you. And again, hear me. Um, if you... If you're not going to do it, don't stand. There's no judgment, okay? I just, want, I just want to see who says I'll be a part of those, and I want to do everything I can to make those happen. So if you say, I'll be a part of one of those groups, will you stand to your feet? Yeah. I want you to look around you. I want you to look around you. I want you to find some people that maybe you know, and then afterwards say, hey, let's get together. I want, you, I want everybody to turn around and look around you, okay? I want you to find those people and say, hey, we're going to get together, and we're going to pray. Listen, revival doesn't start with masses. Revival starts with minorities. Starts with small groups. Okay? And, and those of us that are standing to our feet, and hear me again, no judgment, no condemnation, because people are busy. I get it. But Rod Parsley several years ago made a statement. He said, where have all the preachers gone? And I remember when I heard him state that, I said, where have all the prayer warriors gone? Because we don't need preachers. We need more prayer warriors. And so I need some people that get a hold of the altar. So I want you to see this. And if you can't get with anybody, then you get in your living room and you, you get in your prayer closet and you pray. And as we pray, I'm telling you, God is going to move. You guys can be seated. When God's spirit, listen to me, is poured out and the results are a great harvest of souls and an awakening of the church, you can bet everything you have. You can bet the farm that prayer led the way. Destiny Church, it's time to shore up it's time for us to get our nets ready. It's time to pray. I want you to hear me. I'm not calling Destiny Church the Mamby Pamby prayer times. I'm calling us to get on our knees and get in our spots on the wall and in our homes. And I'm calling us to cry out to God and to lift our voices like a trumpet and say, I will pray. Listen to me. If you want your son or your daughter to know who Jesus is, pray. If you need a spouse to find Jesus, pray. If you want your boss to know who Jesus is, pray. If you want your neighbor to know who Jesus is, pray. If you need a healing in your body, pray. If you need a miracle in your marriage, pray. If you want to see revival in your school, pray. If you want to see revival in this city, pray. If you want to see revival in our state, pray. If you want to see revival in our government, pray. Get on our knees. God said, my house shall be a house of prayer. And Destiny Church, I'm calling us to that place. Let's be a house of prayer. And if we're going to do that, your prayers are essential. Your prayers matter. Your prayers mean something. Number three, I'm calling us 
to shore up our worship. I believe worship and prayer go hand in hand. If we are going to usher in the presence of the Lord, worship and prayer have to lead the way. We make prayer a priority. We have to make worship a priority. Psalm 22, 3 tells us that he lives and dwells in our praises. Acts 4.31, after the believers prayed and worshiped, it says the place where they were meeting was shaken. That's the power of worship and prayer. Worship and prayer, hear me, transforms the atmosphere. If we are going to see transformation in this area, worship and prayer have to lead the way. This week, I'm going to show you guys a picture. I'm going to wrap up here in just a second, but I want you to show that picture up on the screen. This picture popped up on my news feed. This is four years old. And I saw this, that's, that's me with the strange face. But that's Malik, who's now seven. He was three there. And when I saw that picture, the Lord told me, he said, Chad, he said, as a parent, you're not supposed to make your sporting events more of a priority or their academics more of a priority or their relationships more of a priority. He said, Chad, that's the greatest thing you can do as a parent is teach your kids to love and worship Jesus. And mom and dad, I'm just asking you today with that picture still on the screen, what are you teaching your kids is most important? Who are you teaching your kids to worship? Worship matters. Worship matters. We were created to worship him. I want to share just a couple of scriptures with you. Psalm 29, 2. These, these aren't on the screen, John, so don't panic. They're, they're fresh in me today. So be in awe before, this is Psalm 29, 2. Be in awe before his majesty. Be in awe before such power and might. Come, worship wonderful Yahweh, arrayed in all his splendor, bowing in worship as he appears in the beauty of holiness. Give him the honor, do his name, worship him. Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6. Hallelujah. Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise him with the blast of a trumpet. Praise him by strumming soft strings. Praise him with castanets and dance. Praise him with banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. Let every breathing thing and creature praise God. Psalm 100 verse 4, lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it. Everyone, everywhere, worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really matters. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. He is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his, of his pleasure. Listen though, you can pass through his gates with the password of praise. Worship. Worship. And the fourth thing, and I close, the fourth thing I, telling, I feel God telling us to make ready is unity. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, Jesus said, any kingdom that fights itself against itself is reduced to ruins, and any family or community splintered by strife will fall apart. Charles Finley, Finney said that basically two conditions are necessary for revival, prayer and unity. I believe everything I've talked about today is of utmost importance. But one thing I'm convinced the Lord is telling me to shore up is our unity. And oftentimes when I say the church, I'm speaking of the church general, not just Destiny Church, but I believe I'm speaking directly to Destiny Church right here. 
Here's what the Lord told me, Chad, you've painted a picture of disunity to the world. And it's painted a false picture of who I am. If we're going to see God move, if we're going to see a mighty harvest, listen to me, we have to purge, and that's a strong word, but we have to purge this church of gossip. If we're going to see God move, we have to purge this church of slander. If we're going to see God move, we have to purge this church of talking behind people's backs. Did you hear what they did? Shut up. I say that with all the love I have inside of me, but hush your mouths. Any family divided against itself will splinter. Judge not, unless you be judged. It's time to be united. I believe one of the greatest, uh, let, me, let me just share this verse with you. John chapter 17, verse 21. This is Jesus speaking. He said, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. What I believe to be one of the greatest revival passages that centers around unity is the New Testament church in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says they were gathered in one place in one accord. They were united. And as they were united in prayer, and as they were united in worship, and as they were united in waiting on God, if we fast forward, we see Peter just a few verses later speaking, and he's prophesying about the book of Joel. And he says, this is that that was talked about by the prophet Joel. These men aren't drunk. This is the Holy Spirit. This is an outpouring of his presence, and lives are being touched, and lives are being changed. And that day, 3,000 men were added to the body of Christ. And if you skip ahead to Acts chapter 2, verse 46, again, they were united in one accord, in one place praying. And it says, and daily the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. Destiny Church, listen to me. If God is going to move here, if God is going to move in Destiny Church, we must be united in our focus. We must be united in our worship. We must be united in prayer. We must be united behind the mission, the cause, the call, and our commitment. God shows up and God moves when the church is united. I opened this morning by telling you a dream I had in, on Thursday, April 15th. I believe that dream was from God. And I believe that God is telling us a mighty harvest is coming, but you got to shore up. You got to get ready. Matthew 9, 35, actually verse 36 through 38 tells us that Jesus says the harvest is ripe. But the people united for the harvest are few. That's what, it, that's what it's saying. Because we're too busy. We're too consumed with me, myself, and I. We're too busy trying to get affirmation from people to worry about the harvest. And these verses right here on the screen are telling us the harvest is ripe. I want to send it, but you got to get ready. And that's my challenge to us today. It's time to get ready. It's time to get ready for the harvest. God is ready to move. God is ready to do it, but we can't do this without you. 
We need your gifts. We need your talents. We need your treasure. We need your generosity. We need your unity. We need to be united in prayer, united in worship, united in focus. And when we do that, we're going to throw our nets out and the harvest is going to be great and God's going to do great things. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.